You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dear Governor is a production of iHeartMedia and 3 Much Media. Dear Governor Newsom. Dear Mr. Governor Newsom. This is an open letter to Governor Gavin Newsom. Dear Governor Newsom. So today is Jarvis Masters' final state appeal. And I just pulled into one of many Joe's Auto parking lots in downtown Los Angeles. It is a beautiful sunny morning. Jarvis's attorneys will go before the California Supreme Court in the Ronald Reagan State Building, which is about a half a mile from where OJ was tried back in 1995. Jarvis can't be here, not allowed to leave San Quentin's death row. Most of his friends are in the Bay Area, so I'm here to show my support, along with Connie Pham, who is a longtime advocate and confidant of Jarvis's. We're meeting my mom and my brother in the courthouse. Father Gregory Boyle of Homeboy Industries said that he's going to be sending a bunch of his homies to attend today to show solidarity with Jarvis. For some background, Jarvis filed a petition for his writ of habeas corpus back in 2005. It's taken the court 14 years to hear his constitutionally guaranteed arguments. For perspective, Jarvis was sentenced to death five years before OJ was ever even tried. Back in 1985, corrections officer Sergeant Dean Birchfield was murdered at San Quentin. Three of the inmates were convicted of conspiracy to commit murder. The guy who actually did the stabbing was sentenced to life without parole. The guy who was accused of masterminding the murder was also given life without parole. And Jarvis, who was accused of making the shiv, was sentenced to death. 
Now, we'll, we'll get into the details of his case and talk to investigators and attorneys who, who know it well at a later date. But suffice to say, there's a lot of alarming incongruities. There's suppression of information, witness recantations, destruction of evidence. Also keep in mind, Jarvis never murdered anyone. That's a verifiable fact. And on top of that, he's always denied that he had anything to do with the making of the weapon. Full and probably obvious disclosure. Those of us producing this podcast believe Jarvis to be factually innocent. We know what we've read and we've heard from legal scholars who are familiar with the case. Over the years, we've gotten to know Jarvis, we've witnessed his good works, and we appreciate that he's a man of integrity and honesty. We do not expect you to believe him. We don't even ask you to believe him. We simply invite you to get to know this fascinating man and to hear about the unusual circumstances of his case. And judge for yourself whether the death penalty is appropriate. As Governor Newsom told us, there are innocent men on death row. And there are hundreds of folks on death row now, today, whose crimes and convictions are anything but cut and dry. As the only Western country that still executes its citizens, perhaps you'll consider it a worthwhile exercise to question what is in order to answer what can be or maybe even what should be. Perhaps the answers you draw will help inform your vote in the 2020 elections. Is the death penalty a necessary evil to keep our streets safe and to exact righteous punishment and to deliver a semblance of justice to victims? Or is it too fraught with ambiguity and contradictions and biases to ensure that we're all protected equally under the law? Okay, I've made it over to 300 South Spring Street, which is the home of the courthouse. They don't allow recording apparatus in the courtroom, so I will be reporting back later. Jarvis Master's case uh, involves a prosecution that was rotten to the core. Joe Baxter, the appellate attorney who has represented Jarvis for over 25 years from a KPFA-FM interview four years ago. The two main witnesses against him are chronic liars. Both of those witnesses have recanted their testimony. Uh, the state failed to disclose that one of its main witnesses against Jarvis Masters was the key suspect in a murder investigation at the time he was on the, on the witness stand. And guess what? The investigation was shut down the minute he agreed to testify. Last and certainly not least, the Marin County DA threatened the life of the other witness, who has since recanted, uh, if he refused to testify against Jarvis Masters. So this is a case, as I said, that's just rotten to the rotten to the core, and it's a total miscarriage of justice. And I can fully understand why Jarvis is uh, uh, frustrated by the delay in his case. I'm waiting for the habeas corpus verdict to come in. And I've been waiting 26 years for it almost, I think. And it's longer than anybody on death row, by far. Jarvis Masters. And it wasn't cold shelf. It wasn't on the shelf cold. It was on the docket. It was in their face for many, many, many years. And they didn't do anything until now. 
I don't know why they waited so long. Because think about it, Corey. They could have found, I mean, if they really believed I sharpened that knife, they could have just said, you know what, denied, go to another courtroom, go to, go to the federal courtroom and do your appeal. They didn't do that. They didn't do it. If me and the guy, the two other guys were charged with the same thing and found guilty of the same thing, and their appeals were heard within three or four years, why wasn't my heard within the same amount of time? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. In a civil case, if you go to trial and the jury finds for the plaintiff, let's say, we know that you have appeals. You can go through the state system of appeals. And, and then when that's over, that's the end of the case. But we have a trial. We have an appeal. That's the end of it. If your lawyer committed malpractice, go sue your lawyer. But the case is final. Larry Marshall is a professor of law at Stanford University and maintains an active pro bono practice through which he represents individuals in criminal appeals and post-conviction proceedings. In the criminal justice system, we recognize that we do need more than just the idea of an appeal, that when new evidence emerges or new arguments can be made that could not have been made on direct appeal, then we're going to create a mechanism through which the system will look at those to see if there are constitutional violations. So for example, assume that you have a situation where your lawyer was dismal. Your lawyer never investigated the case, never talked to some key witnesses. You get convicted. You go up on appeal. You can't raise that issue because by definition, the case as it stands, looking at what happened at the trial court, doesn't say anything about those witnesses. And the direct appeal only deals with what happened at the trial itself. The appellate court or the Supreme Court is looking to say, did the trial court make any mistakes? Well, the trial court didn't make any mistakes in my example. It was the lawyer who was dismal. So now what do we do? We say, if you want to raise that issue on habeas, we will let you go out and investigate. We will let you get a statement from those statements from those witnesses saying, boy, nobody ever contacted me. If they had, I would have testified that this defendant was not the person who, you know, who committed the murder. I would have testified that readily. And then you'll get to bring in evidence about that your lawyer never did uh, interview those people and so on. So that's an example of what can happen at habeas. You also have situations where you find out that the prosecutor did not turn over exculpatory evidence as the law requires the prosecutor to do and that comes to light afterwards, after trial, there again, we let you advance that. And these are just two of many, many examples. And another one is the ability to come in and show that there's newly discovered evidence that demonstrates your factual innocence. Jarvis's attorneys, they filed the petition for habeas corpus back in 2005. Why would it take so, what is that, almost 15, 16 years to have the oral arguments. Is that unprecedented? Is that typical? I can't tell you whether it's unprecedented or not, but I'll tell you it's shocking. Um, it's shocking that how long this has taken, and I, I, I can't begin to understand how it's possible 
that the process has taken this this long. Um, mm. So I, I wish I had an answer on that. It's yeah. just uh, there are delays. Uh, you know, a lot of the delays in the in the death penalty in California are due to a shortage of lawyers willing to take these cases, uh, and that. But I don't believe that was what caused the delay in Jarvis's case. He had lawyers throughout, um, and uh, the delay is just. Uh, uh, it's unfathomable to me. Yeah. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Calling the matter now of Henry Jarvis J. Masters on habeas corpus. You may proceed. The judicial branch of the California courts does not permit broadcast of their proceedings, so we've produced a dramatization directly from the court transcripts. 
At the oral arguments today, Alice Luster, the Deputy Attorney General at the Office of the California Attorney General, argued on behalf of the state. May it please the court. New credible evidence is what is required on habeas to overturn what is, under this law, a presumptively valid judgment. And what we have in this case, the referee found time after time after time that the evidence presented by petitioner at the Jarvis Masters habeas hearing was simply not credible. Joe Baxter, Jarvis's appellate attorney, followed by his second chair, Chris Andrian, argued to the contrary. Had the jury known what we now know, the jury would have had far more than a reasonable doubt about Jarvis Masters' guilt. Second, what we now know and what the referee found and what the attorney general accepted is that the state's case is founded on the testimony of two inveterate liars, Bobby Evans, whom the state's BGF expert described as a spectacular liar, and Rufus Willis, who the referee described as an inveterate liar with selective memory who would do anything to save his skin. What we also now know, based on the findings, is that the remaining piece of evidence against Masters, what the DA called the choke chain around his neck, Two kites written by him were probably not authored by him. Your Honor, Associate Justices, I didn't play a major role in a a lot of the briefing, but you probably remember I was the lead counsel at the habeas hearing. And as it came time for closing argument, I sat down with the guys and and we started talking. And um, I said, you know, I think the role I need to play, the role, the role I'd like to play for you today, is to put you in the shoes of a trial lawyer like myself. Somebody who's been trying cases for over 46 years now. I'm an experienced trial lawyer. And I've had a chance to take all of this in and take another look at and say to you, if we look at the state of the record as it is right now, would the presentation of false evidence new evidence, lead to the likelihood of a different outcome at the trial? And I'm going to say the answer is unequivocally yes. And let me tell you why. I think the way you have to look at this is take all these different things that Mr. Baxter was talking about and say, we have a new stage. The stage stage has been reset. When you look at Bobby Evans and you look at Rufus Willis, as well as you have, If we take the referee's findings here, you've got these two inveterate liars, as Mr. Baxter referred to them. You've got these two guys, and and you can't believe a word they say. But some guy sitting on death row now, because at some point, well, that's what they said that day, and because they said something that day, we're going to accept that. And that's fundamentally wrong. I don't think you can say, oh, we're going to accept what he said at the trial when all this other stuff has come out and that shows that maybe those statements at the murder trial weren't and presently aren't enough to convict Mr. Masters? At trial, it's my understanding that the defense went pretty hard to impeach both Willis and Evans. Is that not correct? I'm just saying that to you as someone who lived through this case, I see it now as being a whole different case. And as you put this case on my lap today, and as I look at it and say, he's got a good chance to win this case, and he should get that chance. Thank you. 
Thank you, Mr. Andrian. Hey, Corny. Hey, Connie. How do you feel? I feel very disheartened. It's a long day. Connie Pham and I sat next to each other in the back of the dimly lit Baroque courtroom. She's known Jarvis for over 20 years. We did a little post game on the phone after we returned from the hearing. What is your uh, what is your take of the day? You know, it's just it's hard to say. It's hard to say because you know, I'm just I, I just feel really kind of depleted. I mean, I it's, it's a little bit disappointing, but you know, I just want to hope for the best. You know. Yeah. No, I I feel the same way. I think it was completely disheartening. I was I was so disappointed that that his case was heard at the end of a long day. I mean, how, how many court cases did we sit through before the the court heard his case? It was like I three or four. four. Yeah, there were like four cases. Really, they were doing like property management and like, you know, labor law, wage theft. And I mean, here we are talking about like a man's life. You know, the, you know, I mean, it's it's the difference between life and death for somebody. And they just, you know, these cases went on and on and on, you know, in civil law. They're civil law cases. They're yeah. suing each other over money. And here we are, like, at the end of the day, everyone's exhausted. It's like 5 o'clock, and that's when it was heard. I mean, really? I, I know, and I, I felt like... um they they almost felt bored or like they weren't paying attention. Like they engaged in the civil law cases, but yeah. but none of the justices, none of the seven justices really seemed to be particularly invested or maybe that was just my perception. No, I think you're totally right. I think it was the end of a long day and everyone was just really, really tired. And yeah. I mean, but that's scary to think that somebody's life is on the line under those conditions, you know? I know, I know. Yeah, I'm so glad we were we were able to come out and you know and and I'm glad that the law students were there in the gallery to to watch at least you know some part of the proceedings today. Um, you know, it's it's always an education. I mean, I've sat on several juries uh, previously, but this is I have never I have never sat on a jury, so that was <laughs> that was actually my first time ever stepping foot into it, it, into a uh, a courtroom pretty intimidating no yeah yeah it was very formal i was pleasantly surprised by the diversity of of the judges though i mean there were seven of them and it was good to see that three of those were women and there were several different ethnicities so that that was that was a positive yeah i mean and like i said i mean this case is so complicated honestly um you know we we all believe in Darvis's innocence but in terms of like what the law limits in terms yeah. of the arguments that were presented today um i think just puts all of us in a difficult situation and and including i think maybe the the judges right. um because they can only comment on certain parameters of the case yeah. um you know and and it's yeah it's it's very technical and uh it's 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 a hard thing to resolve Right. Um, I mean, if this if this thing goes to the federal level, you know, um, you know. Well, that's really the next can... step, isn't it? That, I mean, if, if the if the if the opinion comes back and it's not in favor of of Jarvis, then 
I mean, he's exhausted all of his state appeals, so he'll be right. headed to the to the federal level. Um, right. And a whole yeah. new team team of attorneys, and it's going to be a whole new new ball of wax. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and hopefully at that level there will be new sets of eyes that right. can you know look at this case again. You know, and and it's yeah. hard. I mean, this case is is over what almost thirty five years old. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but you know, it's not impossible. So keep the faith. I mean, we've right. heard of some really egregious cases where, uh, people have been released yeah. and people have been exonerated after 30, 35, 40 years. This is a really great political moment to really shine a spotlight on what's going on in our justice system. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Dear Governor Newsom, my name is Connie Pham, and I am a public school teacher in Southern California. 20 years ago, when I myself was in high school, I read Jarvis J. Masters' book, Finding Freedom, Writings from Death Row. It had a profound impact on me as a young person, a Buddhist, and an Asian American. It was awe-inspiring to see an example of how someone who shared my own spiritual convictions could live their ideals and craft an amazing life of service, even under the most tragic of circumstances. Well, let me just say this. I'm a lot older than Connie, but I still think Connie is my big sister. She holds that kind of stick over me. The power of Jarvis's books lie in the fact that they serve both as mirrors into our own lives and as windows into the lives of others. I met her when she was in high school, I think. Finding Freedom had just came out and I had been out for a while and she wrote me a letter and she had a lot of commitments that I thought was inspiring. She wanted to be a teacher. She lived in a Buddhist community. I heard the Buddhists in her. It was not just words that I heard, but a commitment to the practice. His writings have helped open a whole new world to people young and old. Governor, I write to you knowing I represent hundreds of school teachers, social workers, counselors, and professors from across the country. We have read, been inspired, and transformed by Jarvis's essays, stories, and articles, and have gone on to share them with our students. This is not someone who's going to, you know, find another path in her life. This is someone who's going to keep the path she's on, and however it brings something new to her, she's going to be that way. Through his personal correspondence to our classrooms and offices, he has become a friend, a mentor, and a brother to so many people. And through his guidance and compassion, he has helped to inform our life's work and dedication to others. So we, we started writing each other, and we wrote, we wrote, and most times it was not about Buddhism, but a lot of times it was about how she deal with certain things and how I explained to her what I deal with every day, and she thought that was very, very powerful because she lives in a community that was more, more comfortable, more structured, and one I was in, and I was on death row, I was a Buddhist, and all these people visit me, blah, blah, blah. It's an ongoing travesty that Jarvis spends any more time in prison for a crime that he did not commit. I believe in Jarvis's innocence, not because I was physically present at San Quentin in June 1985, when Sergeant Halbertfield tragically lost his life. I believe in him because of what my lived experience tells me that anyone who can muster the courage and clarity of mind to precisely articulate suffering and redemption in the way that Jarvis does cannot also falsify their innocence. But she stayed in the background, you know, and really, really became my big sister over the years. And I I feel good calling her that, you know? Governor, in issuing your moratorium, you have gone on record stating... There are innocent people on death row. Well, Jarvis is one of them, and I urge your office to closely examine his case as soon as possible. On behalf of my friend Jarvis, and in faith and solidarity, Connie Pham. 
Jarvis has been very transparent about the fact that he is a much different man now than when he first walked through the gates of San Quentin in 1981. He was on a fast track to prison from the moment he left the womb. By his late teens, he was bitter and angry, had a chip on his shoulder, and he made many ill-conceived choices that eventually landed him in prison. Next week, as we anxiously await the opinion from today's habeas hearing, we'll learn about those crimes as Jarvis reflects on that dark time in his life, whether he has any regrets, and how he was able to make such a dramatic transformation. Today's episode was written and produced by Donna Fazari and myself, Corny Cole. Our theme song, Sentenced, is compliments of the band Stick Figure from their album Set in Stone. Stu Sternbach has composed the original music and provided voice work for this episode. Special thanks also to Sue Carden and Tim Carden for their voice work. Nate DeFort did the sound design. Visit FreeJarvis.org to find out more about Jarvis's case and to sign your name to our Dear Governor Newsom petition. And if you have questions for Jarvis, please leave a message on our hotline at 201-903-3575. That's 201-903-3575. Dear Governor Newsom is a production of iHeartMedia and Three Mutts Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.